0: You are listening to a special NEARS.org podcast. This Christmas year-end update is brought to you commercial-free by Cowen, where their success happens when they help you outperform. Visit them at Cowan, C-O-W-E-N.com. Registration is open for our Spring 2022 Conference in Baltimore, Maryland, April 6th through the 8th. For all things NEARS, visit us at NEARS.org. Welcome, everybody. I'm Jason Seidel from Calen, uh, your friendly
1: neighborhood transport analyst and member of the board of directors for the Northeast Association of Rail Shippers. Uh, we are pleased to provide our supply chain podcast for you. Uh, with me today, uh, we have Matt Menner uh, from Transplace, and Uber company, and John Myers from DM Bowman. Gentlemen, welcome. Um, you know, look, it's uh, it's been a long, strange trip, as the uh, song used to say. Uh, the uh, this year is not what I think people expected. Um, and I think when you look at the supply chain, what we've experienced over the last, let's call it 10 months, are, are going to have longer term implications. So I, what I'd love to get from you is one, an update on what you're seeing now out there in the marketplace to what your clients are telling you that their plans are. Uh, for both the near and longer term and three, you know, what are your expectations uh, for 22 and beyond. So why don't we kick it off with you, Matt, and, and we can go from there. Yeah,
2: thank, thank you. As always, Jason, appreciate being part of this. Um, I was trying to think about how to frame up the, my my comments that'll be representative of, you know, kind of Transplace's views as well as as well as in my own certain certainly my own personal opinions but uh, I think that um, I think the last you know 18, 20, 20, well, how many ever months you want to go back to right March of twenty I guess right if you really think about it I, I, I like to think of it as it, has this has this created a call to arms right Have we finally realized Have we have we met an event that has that is structurally shaken us as a society you know as a global society as a, and then certainly all the associated complexities of supply chain right and you know what we were what we rely on as our as our food and supply lines, right? Our medical, like all of the, how, how intertwined these things all are, right? And and it's brought it to the forefront in a way that I don't think it's ever been brought before, right, at least, you know, and um, today I turned 54. So my 54th year on the planet, right? Uh, I, I would say in my 30 years of doing this, never have we seen it, right? We've seen, we've seen I would argue, we've seen little teeny tiny blips, right? Uh, you know, a unionized carrier goes on strike, the, there's a port slowdown, there's a there's a horrible global event, weather, you know, man-made, whatever, somewhere, right, and the implications of that, but, but this is, I think this is, and I don't mean to um, sound like this is something potentially more than it is from the words that I'm using, right, but certainly, is this a call to arms that we need to think about? our supply lines, right, and our supply, specifically our supply chains as we're referring to them. And I think that it, I think it is, and I think the, the, the bell has been sounded, and I'm anxious to see, you know, and again, no political statement, but the infrastructure bill, decades overdue, irrespective of your political leanings, right, decades overdue, right, we're behind, right, we need to, we need to move ahead. Some of our global trading competitors are not, right? They've, they've taken growth into consideration and planning consideration and infrastructure requirements into consideration and to an extent of which we have not, right? So so we need to catch up on that and it needs to be an imperative, right? But then, um, you know, thinking more holistically about how these, and, and I would argue, I've talked to some of my consulting friends and said, mm-hmm. you guys are locked up for the next 20 years thinking about how do you pandemic proof you know, your client supply chains, right? What are your resiliency plans, right? When the next event like this, hopefully not one like this in our lifetime, at least the remaining lifetime, but you know, let's exactly, let's view you know, other, other such like events shake the system. What is the system's response? You know what I mean? And I think that I would dare say that that was not taken into consideration by, by many, right? Yeah. If any, right, one would argue. And that's not a slight to anyone, you know what I mean? Like, you know, what was the one was the last plague we had, right? I mean, why would I guess so one would almost liken this to that, unfortunately, right? Um, so, I, you know, I, I think it's a. I think we're on the verge, and we're already, and many of our customers, and you know, I'm I'm certain John's as well, and and your clients, um, Jason, are already well headed into you know, what exactly do we need to do in order to plan for this Android like event in the future and how are we better prepared for it, right, so.
1: Yeah, so first of all, happy birthday. Uh,
2: <laughs> right. John
1: and I promise not to sing because then people will stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> it's um, so funny how
2: my kids are like all excited about it, right, and as we get older, I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, I'd like, I'd like it one day, one year less. I'd like to reverse the years, <laughs> right, because like, Yay! I turned seven. I'm like, uh, you know, I, 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 and I would say, and, and my 11 year old's like, I can't, you know, I'm going to be 12 soon. I'm like, uh, don't wish it away because it'll be gone in like seven seconds. Just you know, Absolutely. enjoy every day. But thank you, thank you very much. I only brought that up because of the frame of reference for being on the planet for. No,
1: years. I, you know, and I think about this too. In in, in my call it 30 years <laughs> of doing uh, uh, or working within the supply chain, whether as an analyst or as an operator, uh, i I've, I've never seen anything quite like this, right? And when you reference the last time we had sort of a, a, a pandemic or a play, you're, you're talking, you know, no one's been alive from that point with the Spanish, you know, flu.
2: Exactly. Um,
1: and the supply chain looked a heck of a lot different then than it does now too. So right. even those, you know, those things wouldn't, couldn't even apply to today's standards. But, you know, I, I think you brought up a good point in that the infrastructure bill um, long overdue, at least a decade overdue. But, you know, I guess look, better late than never uh, and better some money than none. Uh, but right. you know, still, you know, many are arguing that it's an underfunding, and if you look at what was appropriated, at, you know, on the port side, I believe it was 17 billion. That's going to take years to play out too, and it just doesn't go to L.A. Long Beach, right? It goes right. everywhere. Um, so you know, wh- so let, let's let let's let's take it to present day, and then then take sort of a a longer look forward at what you know what Transplace is is doing to help its customers and then what your customers are expecting, but what what are you seeing now in the marketplace as we talk here today on, you know, December 9th?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would tell you, still continued uh, tough sledding, right? Where um, our, our routing guide- Love the guide... holiday
1: reference, by the way, in sledding. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs>
2: we you had a dusting of snow last night up here. So anyway, even, even more appropriate, right? But um, yeah, I would still say tough sledding, right? Um, you know, we are, um, where our, our routing guides are, Holding uh, at a great at a rate greater than they have on behalf of our customers is kind of positively trending over the year, right? But you know it's all a it's all a basis of your relative measure, right? So you know still you know still uh, freight on you know greater percentage of freight on spot than we would care to see at this point, right? Carrier is very very and appropriately so, right? A very appropriate very. Um, conservatively managing their capacity commitments, right? There's really no flex like there used to be flex back in the day, right? So you either have got it covered on a contracted rate, you're dropping down in a routing guide to second and third, right? You better have fed them along the way because they're not going to show up with a third position rate and and haul rate freight at this point, or you're, or you're negotiating on a load-by-load basis for those that don't fit the previously stated method for for our capacity for capacity capture at this point. So, so it's, it's still, it's still work every day. And I, we are fortunate on many fronts on every front, right. Actually to have a set of unbelievably competent operators that are just out there with their shoulder into it on behalf of our customers, right. But, um, you know, be it bulk with a, you know two to three week desired lead time to book a tank truck at this point, right. Um, and, you know, and supply chains being challenged from feedstock to processing to Volatile customer demand, right? I'm just using some examples that we've talked about as of late, you know, they're, they're, you know, the challenge is bound, right? It's, and we, and, and, you know, again, we're not, we're, we're, um, we're an information insights operating company, right? That uses technology and our leverage and our domain expertise to manage a nearly $12 billion freight network on behalf of 360 or so customers, right? So like, we don't have a, we don't have a dog in the hunt, if you will, or fight with respect to trucks and warehouses and containers and rail cars, right? But we think you know, we see nothing on the horizon that leads us to believe that somehow this is gonna get better, right? Anytime soon, right? So we're, I would tell you, we remain um, buckled into our seat with our helmet on, right? Ready to, you know, continue to combat this well into, I guess I'm sticking with, now I've gone to bobsledding, right? But anyway, we're in our seat, the winter know, sports. helmet on, right? Yeah, L- luge looks fun, more fun than bobsledding, but, um, you know, buckled into our seat for, for what we expect to be, you know, Unfortunately, I say dare say more of the same into into 22 at this point. Like again, I you know I sit here and say what leads us to believe that it's going to be anything different at this time, right? So right. Um, so you know we're we're up close and personal. We are the integrated operating partner for those customers, our customers, um, you know, freight operations in North America, and uh, you know we're you know we're in the fight with them every day, right? You know what I mean? And, you know, um, and we and we are deeply. Um, honored and you know by by their willingness to work with us continue to work with us uh, on a long-term basis. So
1: well let's 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 hop over to John since John's uh, DM Bowman is a carrier John just describe a little bit uh, about DM Bowman to the people that are listening and let's talk about you know what you guys are seeing in the current marketplace here in December.
0: Yeah, absolutely and a lot of what I would say would you know just echo what Matt said is that you know we're in a territories that nobody's ever been into. You know, I just might argue you could build a wagon quicker than you can get a trailer these days. So, you know, things in the last pandemic might have went a lot more smooth in logistics than it does right now because, right, as a carrier, you're having equipment shortages. You are having replenishment of your tractors, of your trailers getting pushed off by a year. Some carriers, two years, you know. I know on one of the last calls we had Jason, one of the carriers on it, had all their equipment show up with no safety features on it. Um, So you know you have that to deal with and then you also have the driver issue so you know the thing that probably affects matt from his carriers is you know when we're not accepting tenders when we're not recovering loads it's because you had that safety net of drivers in the past where the shipper might not have been ready you had abandoned them to go get to your next load but you always had another driver to send in there to pick up that freight that safety net has been gone we're starting to make positive strides in getting those drivers to come in. Um, You know, we're getting ahead of the game besides just breaking even on a regular basis with recruiting, but it's still a challenge. And you talk about infrastructure bills. Well, you know, that's great. It's definitely needed, but that also produces shovel ready jobs that we know that's where the drivers are going to go to. They're going to drive a dump truck. They're going to drive a backhoe or they're just going to go swing a hammer. And that, you know, that's trouble coming down to you know Pike. There, we, we it's going to happen. Um, but we've also seen customers get a little bit more creative with how they handle trucking. Okay, you know, you're seeing your big retailers having two divisions now. You part of it's being spurred by activist investors, but you're also seeing rapid replenishment centers for their online businesses versus their traditional brick and mortar operations. So that supply chain's changing a little bit. You know. Also, getting, and this is the first request we had, and you know, this complicates it a little bit more unmanned warehouses because they can't get labor to fill their warehouses. So now they're asking drivers to go in and unload their own freight and put it in a warehouse where you might only have one person there. I could tell you trying to recruit a driver to touch the freight would be almost impossible at this point in time for the type of carrier that we are. Uh, you know, and then the other thing you have to look down the pike is you know, the true dedicated freight model, even if you're a smaller customer, because the past two years taught those customers that it's really hard to find a predictable carrier with a constant rate where they're not playing the spot market. You know, they might only need one truck. Maybe they need five dedicated trucks. But if they know they have five trucks showing up every day to move their freight at a rate that they could budget, you know, there's been price increases throughout the year. Don't get me wrong. But that's a lot better than playing the spot market. And today you paid $500 for that load. In two weeks, you're paying $1,500 for the same exact load. And, you know, I think that's what we've seen across the board. So, you know, as we go ahead, you know, Matt's right. It's probably not going to slow down. Look at the ships sitting out there at port yet. That freight still got to get delivered. You know, look at the all the automobile manufacturers, the truck manufacturers. That product still has to get inbounded and it's somewhere out there and just playing catch-up. You know, the next part is, you know, for dm Bowman with our trailer leasing side of the business, no matter how many times you might ask me, could you get a trailer off me today? With 60,000-plus trailers, I don't have one to give to you. And our order, just like everybody else's, has been pushed down, you know, the road to say, you know, we can't deliver those 3,000 to you this year. You'll get them next year. And that doesn't help the situation. But you're finding... The retailers, because all the freight's still sitting at the ports, don't have the warehouse space to put it into, so they're sitting out there in trailers. So, you know, that creates an, an, even another equipment-type shortage.
1: Right. You know, what, what we saw was a, a, a big shortage of chassis, too, because the, the ports weren't taking the empties back. You know, there is a, one retailer which should be unnamed. Uh, Who uh, basically had to take all their empties and stack them in the desert out in California uh, to free up um, uh, just over 500 uh, chassis. Um, So you know that's that's sort of the the desperate times that we're in now, and or or that's uh, looking for more creativity, if you will, on the supply chain side. John, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the drivers. Now you said you had some more success, but then you you sort of hinted at you know we might be coming into an event where you get some drivers stolen away. I mean, is, is, is that sort of in the planning for you guys? Are you anticipating that that will happen um, for you later sometime in 22? You know, is
0: it 22 or is 22 the year where the bids are still going on, the shovels hit the dirt 23. But yes, we're we're preparing for it. You don't have a choice at this point in time, but to be prepared. And, we, you know, I think everybody wishes it was a market where you can recruit drivers and they just keep coming through the door and we have to buy new trucks to put them into. That's not it, you know, just like everybody else, you still have empty trucks because you can't get ahead. And, you know, you change the model, you change it to more short haul regional freight, drivers home every night, obviously drivers like that, drivers like predictable runs, but you still need to do that over the road type freight. And those are the ones that you will lose first, you know, because you have less predictability, you have less home time and they're going to go. And, you know, I I don't, you know, how do you address that? You know, it's pretty hard to argue when right down the road for me, I have an Amazon DC fulfillment center
2: paying $32.50 an hour to pick and pack. Wow. That's... And, and and go home and eat dinner with the family and sleep every your night. Bed, right, every night. Right.
0: right, and I know they're offering right now because of holiday seasonal. If you show up for your four days that week, they give you another $500 bonus just for showing up every week on time.
1: Jeez, it's hard
0: to compete with that. It's hard to compete with it. And, you you know, when you can go work at a Bojangles or McDonald's for $18 an hour, you have
2: predictability. You you know, it's, it's, that's what the name of the game is. You're not, you're not, you're not bumping up a, a difficult receiver that doesn't have a restroom. And, you know, if you're 15 minutes late, forces you to the back of the line. And, you know, I mean, to your point, John, you know, you don't have to worry about, weather and uh and a bad routing through downtown chicago on yeah. friday afternoon at 3 30 right i mean like you know think about it you just drive your car to the amazon uh, dc and you know go in and do your shift and go home so yep. yeah you know we have
0: drivers making over a hundred thousand dollars a year right now it's yep. but it's still not the lifestyle for most people yep yeah and it's still not enough to fully seat your fleet
2: exactly yeah, yeah. we were talking about that the other day with a shipper and uh and they said the same, they, you know, we were talking about wage rate and the Delta between um, dedicated versus, you know, irregular route OTR. And, you know, and and I, I said, it's 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 not a, it's per se, not a pay thing. It's a quality of life thing, right? It's not like, I mean, now again, you know, you start paying all your drivers a quarter of a million dollars a year, John, you might not have a problem seating all your trucks. You know what I mean? But you might have a problem making ends meet, right? <laughs> put, that, put it this way. That- the cost of your paper towels just went
0: way up in price. Yes. <laughs> way up, exactly. Way up,
1: yes. <laughs> now, uh, I, I was speaking to a, a, an industry consultant yesterday, and, and he was telling me that some of the preliminary estimates in terms of um, some of these large construction projects are maybe growth of almost 70% once all this stuff gets appropriate. And, and and that got me thinking, And and because, John, you guys have a, a, a dumper division there you know, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to be required to drive dump trucks. And that's a more regional operation on the trucking side, a more favorable job, if you will, in terms of quality of life. Do you guys foresee that, you know, the over the road uh, operations are going to actually lose drivers to that type of driving uh, uh, job?
0: So. Drivers have a preference of what they like to drive, you know. A lot of times our van drivers don't want to touch a flatbed. Our flatbed drivers don't want to touch a bulk truck. Um, So each one is a different breed. But again, at this end of the day, why am I going to drive over the road when I can make a lot more money driving bulk? And, you know, my bulk is predictable, right? I'm I'm going to a quarry. I'm going to a transload. I'm picking up. I'm going to a job site and it's coming off. Um, So, I, I think their mindsets might change when they realize what the workload is. But at the end of the day, you know, obviously flatbeds are still tight, and I think they're going to remain tight. But now you add infrastructure, and where you have, you know, be it crane mats coming in, pipe coming in, steel coming in, concrete, you still have to be out there in the northeast and 13 degrees below zero in winter, tarping a truck or strapping yeah. a truck.
2: Yeah. You
0: know, I don't care. I don't care who you are it's going to be a lot better to be somewhere anywhere else but
2: outside that flatbed at that point in time. So, well, yeah, to your your point, if you're if you're running a, a straight dump truck, you know what I mean? in one of these construction jobs, I was just thinking, yeah, you know, I live in Boston and I was thinking about the big dig and um, how many and how long that went on for at that point, what I think 15, $18 billion before it was all said and done and you know, well in excess of a decade. So I remember... I, I'm thinking about how many regional, like micro-regional dump truck operating companies I remember having, you know, and again, right, I mean, I love trucks, so I'm looking at all the doors, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm thinking about how many of them there were and how few of them I have seen since, if that makes sense. So you wonder what will what will this create in terms of, you know, kind of trucking company starts as this, as this as this, work gets, as the bill gets passed and money gets allocated, right? You know what I mean? And we'll only put further supply, strain on the used equipment market, the new equipment market, right? And then certainly the most valuable resources that we're talking about here is the drivers, right? So. Exactly.
1: For sure. And that, and that project was what, uh, uh, eight years late and uh, mul- <laughs> multiples over budget?
2: <laughs> yeah. Something like that, right? So, but I, I always celebrate. Come on up and enjoy, because you, you contributed to it, so it's nice. It's, it's well done. You got to come and check it out. You know? so, walking down the green, walking down the greenway where the ninety the rusty ninety three used to be. I mean, it's a it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. So come and enjoy, it, please. So,
1: there we go. We'll, we'll we'll have to we'll have to do that at next our conference. We'll tour the exact big dig site. Um, well, let, let's let's shift a little bit of the focus to what your customers are telling you to expect in terms of demand and maybe even if they're telling you they're going to alter their inventory practices from what they did before. Matt, why don't you kick
2: us off? Yeah, so I would tell you it um, it varies, right? We serve a set of core verticals, right? Consumer packaged goods, uh, chemicals, diversified industrial manufacturing, um, and then um, retail right predominantly inbound from suppliers to distribution centers and then sub verticals there's there's ones that are there's ones that are significant underneath those large you know, kind of headings, if you will right. Um, so it depends it, it's a it's a function of you know each one of these customers and what they're you know what I would tell you it's where they are and where they need to be if that makes sense right some of them were better prepared with uh, significant technical investments that had you know that, that provided them a greater understanding of their customers demand requirements right and signals back to them that allowed them to be more nimble and, and flexible others others that weren't right so i would tell you you know again this this call to arms has what's the old analogy that the water's gone out and now we see the rocks right you know what i mean for even you know, and the, the the relative level of the water leaving is a function of that company's previous position in terms of the kind of supply chain maturity curve, if you will, right? So did they make, were they out in front of it making big investments over time? Because they they had the ability to do so and they had the foresight to do so. Um, those have weathered better, still still disrupted, you know what I mean? But it's, it's all relative at this point. So I would tell you um, aggressive rethink across the entire continuum of our customers around what they did, what they've done, and what they need to better do with respect to, you know, supply-based resiliency, multi-source, and then ultimately, you know, how do you wire these things all together with technology, right? You know what I mean? Like, this, I would tell you is probably, this will also be a bane for, uh, this will be a boom, I should say, for, you know, for anybody that's selling technology that enables, you know, a more effective supply chain operations driven by data and information than ever before, right? If you haven't invested in it, you know, we've certainly seen across our continuum, those that may be lagged have have, have suffered more greatly, I guess is the best way to put it. And
1: and, and when we look at the, the customers that you serve, I think you've heard it before, I mean, these are, I guess I would put it the more advanced, you know, supply chain aware customers than
2: your, yeah, your we yeah we have. I mean, we, it runs the gamut, right? We've got you know we've got managed services customers that have got a million and a half dollars of controllable freight, to six seven hundred million dollars worth of controllable freight, right? And uh, and everywhere on the continuum, right? So we have a large concentration in you know sub twenty five million dollars, right? And they have um. It's funny, like some of them, some of them have just that they have they have one would argue they overinvested, but that overinvestment has served them well. Better than their pure class competitors, if you will, right? We have other ones that have that are, you know, that, that you know, this might be their first interaction with um, technology to better manage their freight operations. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of like everywhere along the continuum, right? Our objective is to ultimately engage and help them progress, right? You know what I mean? The the big ones, it's refinement, right? And the ones that have, to, you know, the the global marquee Fortune 500 that we're afforded the fantastic opportunity to partner with you know, usually we're, you know, we're in there refining, you know, the settings on the carburetor at that point for other ones, you know, we're putting in the engine, right. I mean, for the first time, So it really, it's a function, it depends. And it, that's part of the exciting aspect of this is, you know, kind of helping meeting them where they sit and then helping them, you know, improve, right. Ultimately. Gotcha.
1: John, uh, what about your customers? What are they saying about 22 and
0: beyond? Well, I, I think, you know, one thing just to add to Matt's is those just in time, Customers have definitely redefined what just-in-time means um, because, you know, we want to talk about one set of customers that were hurt the most.
2: Yeah.
0: It's those, right? It's you the predictability that they had that really went out the window really fast. And now it's about safety stock. It's about, you know, maybe resourcing where the product comes from or, as Matt said, having more than one source of that product to get to them you know, so that created additional opportunity, obviously, because having one supplier, now you have three suppliers. And so that might complicate their supply chain a little bit. But when you were relying on having products shipped to you every three hours on the hour, you quickly learned that stopped quick. Um, but you, you know, they're, they're strong. They, you know, a lot of clients had to reinvent themselves, figured out how to get product to market. You know, when you have somebody like Walmart that goes and rents their own ship to get the product to them, but you also had a lot of people Ship from traditional modes of transportation to air freight and that, you know, it still lands somewhere, still has to get to somewhere on truck. But when you put such a huge disruption in, you have to get creative. And, you know, I think the carrier like us that created additional dedicated or committed opportunities or, you know, made him realize the need. You need more release trailers. You need to be more flexible in your loading and receiving hours because Quite frankly, you know, it's great that you only want to receive product between midnight and 3 a.m., but when you have a complete supply chain disruption and the trucks aren't going to be there till 6 a.m., well, maybe now you have to rethink your, those types of things where they were so stuck on a traditional model that the flexibility has worked its way back in. But, you know, one thing that I think has probably become more critical, like Matt talked about technology, you still want to know when those loads are coming in so you're staffing correctly. If you're manufacturing facility, and you know, you know, that's been disrupted throughout the whole thing to adjust your shifts correctly you, you know as something simple, as simple as bottles you know glass bottles and cans have been a struggle throughout the pandemic for many bottlers you need to learn to be flexible and adjust and I think your carrier if they are doing you service you're going to be just as flexible and adjust with you and that's you know I, I don't want to throw the term partnership out there because everybody likes to say that but it's more of a communication you know improvement and be it through technology, be it through that type of predictability, where the cab committed trucks, knowing five of your trucks is going to show up every day, versus you know we're going to give you a 24-hour notice, because at this point in time, a lot of that just went right out the window.
1: Right, and you know, as, as we've done a lot of these suds with Seidel uh, partnering with the New York State Brewers Association, a lot of these smaller brewers were having a tremendous difficulty getting cans. And uh, I don't know if you know some of the major canning companies actually just up the amount that you have to order. So now that's created sort of a big, you know, third party supplier of cans will then buy them for the guys who can't buy in that big of a load and then break them down and and then, you know, sell them at a nicer profit. So it's, it's been interesting how people have had to remain nimble, whether you're somebody like a Walmart, like you mentioned, or if you're a small upstate New York brewer that, you know, you know, distributes within a 25 mile radius.
2: We we were... um talking earlier in the year to a, uh, to a uh, long, uh, it was a, it was a company that had been around forever and they've changed their spots many times and they had just gotten into the contract canning, bottling business and uh, made a significant investment in a line. And they, we had the opportunity to tour the facility and, and, and the logistics leader there said, and they, and they had racks upon racks of empty cans, n- n- the majority of which were, they were sourced, manufactured and imported from China. And, uh, you know, and, and they said it, at part of their, you know, part of the attraction of working with them is they had supply, right? And, you know, you, we walked through the aisles and you saw some of the traditional players that you would see that were, you know, U, US, U.S. concerns or global concerns with large U.S. footprints. Minority minority of the stock in the, in the, in the, so, and this is a, this was a, this is a small mid tier company, right? This isn't, this isn't a giant, right? But uh, it's fascinating to see that you think about it, it's like, wow, that is, uh, and you need it, right? What are you, what are you going to do? You can't, you can't, you can't can it if you don't have a can, right? So, no, very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's
1: definitely interesting. So I know we're coming up on our on our time, gentlemen. I figured I'd offer each of you a chance to give sort of parting shots, if you will. John, why don't we go back to you?
0: Well, much much appreciated, Jason. Thank you always for hosting these and having it and getting out what's relevant in the industry. You know, I just want to you know reach out, say to my customers, thank you for the business, thank you for the patience throughout the whole pandemic so far. And you know, our goal is always to carry through for the customer. And to be open-minded enough to adjust as we go through. And I'm going to say, you know, thank you to Matt as well for, you know, a company like Transplace. That's communication has definitely improved throughout the pandemic. They've been a fair customer to have, you know, to be in a carrier for them. You know, they've they've adjusted and adapted as well, um, because obviously this changes every day at this point in time. And you know, obviously we look forward to 2022 being as robust as it was, but just hopefully a lot more organized. I guess that's about the best w- way I could put it.
2: Yeah. Hey, I think that we carry throughs on your mug flap. Isn't it, John? It is. <laughs> you like that? I like that. Nice tie-in. Well done. Um, yeah, I, I would, uh, Jason, thanks. It's always John, a pleasure. Um, you know, Always enjoy these opportunities to talk about, you know, the industry that we're all in and care deeply for. Right. And uh, I still just revel in the, the fact of, and maybe even more so now, right. Exactly how intricately linked all this is to all of us, right? And um, every one of us, even if you didn't know what supply chain was, you know, before March of 2020, right? Um, so I, I, I would I would echo John's uh, thank you to, you know, TransPlace's customers, right? Uh, our long-term partners, as well as the ones that just joined us, right? Um, we're humbled and honored by the Opportunity that you've afforded us to partner with you as your integrated operating partner, enabled by our technology and our excellent operating staff. Right. So, um, thanks for that. And you know, we are excited as we uh, traverse this this new chapter for Transplace under uh, Uber Freight ownership, and we are confident that 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 will only bring about uh, further uh, kind of aggressive and accelerated innovation with respect to technology, linking supply and demand with respect to you know their established carrier base and the, and the very vast and efficient uh, supply side network that they've been building out since 2016, 2017, when they started their efforts uh, tied to our very large, complex and continually growing uh, demand side network of these, of these uh, you know, 360, 370 customers of ours with, you know, on, on our way to a $12 billion plus network that uh, we're afforded the opportunity to manage. So thank you both, wish you both and everyone else uh, happiest of holiday seasons and a Fantastic, confidently certain that it will be challenging, but a fantastic 2022. So.
0: Well,
2: and happy birthday, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> happy thank birthday you. and- well, uh, let's I gotta to get you. my cupcake now. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you to, to,
1: let me say thank you to both of you uh, on behalf of Nears, on behalf of uh, Cowan. Uh, and Matt, as you said, if, uh, if you didn't know what a supply chain was before, I think everybody uh, knows Absolutely. how important the supply chain has become. Uh, or how it all really has been. They just didn't realize it. And so here's to a, a smoother uh, 22 than we saw in 21. Here, here. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Take Take holidays.
0: Thank you. Yep. All
1: right, bye.